Good afternoon. My name's Dr. J. Simon Rowe from the Centre for International Studies and Diplomacy, and thank you for joining us for another of our Global Sports Conversations. Today I'm joined by Amma Malik and Dave Summers. I'll leave them to introduce themselves. So, gentlemen, what is it that brings you to this conversation? What is it about Wickets and Cricket East that uh, you've been working on? Okay, as the senior development officer for um, Wickets and the Lords, fund, which is funded by the Lords Taverners, I'd like to start by just letting everybody know about what Wickets is. It's a cricket program for young people that's for aged eight to nineteen, living in deprived communities. What we do is by establishing um, sustainable community hubs, we provide year-round weekly cricket sessions with a focus of breaking down barriers developing crucial life skills, creating stronger communities and enabling brighter futures for those that take part. So that's what we do um, in 19 regions from Glasgow down to Plymouth and I run the Luton Project and so that's what I do as part of my role. Uh, yeah, I am Cricket East's uh, Diverse Communities Officer. So uh, Cricket East is responsible for the participation and the growth of the game across Bedfordshire and Huntingdonshire. So I work in, in Luton and Peterborough as well, developing the game. Um, Luton currently is a real focus as one of 10 core cities for the English Cricket Board, um, the ECB, to develop the game. And um, working with... Uh, with Amran clearly the whole landscape of wickets is huge uh, and the developing profile of it from 8 to now 19 really brings it into a key um, and delivery role of the actual core city program so we've divvied up um, the actual project uh, which has another year to run into um, areas of facilities where we're looking to invest significant monies into the into the town the women and girls environment where Luton now has its own programs some of them with um, with Amran and its first actual uh, ladies team we've got a workforce model where we're starting to train multiculturally coaches and we've got three female uh, level two coaches and at least four or five other female coaches in the town as well so that's going to be growing in the coming uh, in the coming months um, as well where we've got new courses on the go we've got some umpires training this coming Sunday we've got some grounds uh, training in the middle of next month as well so lots of activity across the um, the actual workforce and then we've got the formats of the game as well so we're looking to innovatively bring into the town lots of different formats of the game short versions of the game tape ball tennis ball wrapped up in um, in sort of tape to actually play literally anywhere maybe guys getting on their phones and having a short format of the game for 20 minutes or half an hour one evening and then reconnecting on their phones to have the second innings a couple of nights later. So very informal, and we're trying to map that and ensuring that any format of the game we're, we're aware of and we can build into our pathway and document it as part of the project, really. So, Amon, you said you worked uh, responsible for the Luton side of this project. Can you lay out some of the particular challenges that you've faced in working in a community like Luton? So Luton it has a population of over 200,000 um, people with predominantly South Asian community, a strong South Asian community. However, Luton has had a bit of a bad reputation when it comes to, um, you know, right-wing extremism with the EDL and the founder of EDL and Islam extremism as well with, you know, the plotters of the 7-7 bombing 
you know, meeting in Luton as well. So yeah, there's quite a broad spectrum of challenges from crime and violence and exploitative crime to, you know, right-wing and extremism. So these are some of the challenges um, we face in Luton and um, and as a project, um, try to break down the barriers and the boundaries that have been created. And, and to go further still, when we talk about geopolitical situations, which um, also compound local and social communities, for instance, in, in Luton, we have a, a, an Indian population of Hindus and Sikhs, and um, we have Muslims, which consist of Afghani, Pakistani and Kashmiri. So when we're talking about Kashmir, you've got in itself is a lot of political turmoil and challenges amongst these countries. So sometimes what tends to happen and has happened in Luton and is still happening, unfortunately, is um, there becomes elements of segregation and division and ill feeling amongst one another. And um, so these are just some of the challenges um, as an organisation that we've had to try to combat and confront and hope try to resolve. People often talk about cricket diplomacy and talk of, you know, particularly the Pakistan-India over Kashmir, the conflict there, and how, you know, the major international fixtures can somehow mitigate against you know, conflicts between those two nuclear powers, two massive influences on uh, the South Asian uh, continent. Working in a much more grassroots level, people to people, how have you seen that played out? You know, we've seen how sport has the power to unite communities unite religions i mean in in luton as a whole when we had the cricket world cup come to luton and um, we were able to use the trophy tour as a way to engage um, the different communities. So taking the Cricket World Cup to a mosque, the, the Hindu temple, a Sikh Gurdwara, um, a multi-Christian-led event of bringing, you know, um, near neighbours event. So we've seen that sports diplomacy, and particularly cricket in this case, um, bringing people together, um, irrespective of their colour, religion, thought or culture. They've just come together and have overlooked the political challenges they haven't thought about oh i'm indian or i'm pakistani or i'm kashmiri they thought about we love the game of cricket and this is a great platform and we've seen it work and now the fruits of our efforts have now continued so now we're seeing um the sea community invite the muslim community to their cultural events we're seeing muslim community now inviting the hindu community to their events we were at the diwali event so now what we're seeing from the power of sport and sport diplomacy is openness and understanding and most importantly coexistence learning to respect one another and um, so if we can do it on a small scale you might say that 30 40 years we haven't been able to overcome um you know the pakistan india and that that asian conflicts i personally believe what we've achieved in luton can be done on a national can be done on a larger scale which just it has to be obviously through diplomatic channels but i personally believe it can be done like we've done on a local level yeah i think amran makes some, some really strong points there i think certainly we've started to unpick our partners and by that i mean starting to understand who can support and influence us from the council to um, council laws and actually the the police service and to um, health and well-being organizations so using this power 
powerful product that the Lord's Taverners Wickets have around these impacted workshops as part of their sessions starts to connect us with these range of partners that we've seen when I've touched on the working group and the focus group there. Um, we've got a range of partners sitting actually in there. So as I touched on earlier, some of our sort of key successes are bringing in the Taverners model with this civic participation where we're giving youngsters that sandwich of some cricket tournament activity and then getting them to think about local problems and solutions to those problems as part of Amran's sort of tournament planning. That's really impactive and powerful to see that the youngsters think in that way but using cricket as as the actual vehicle and also then how we've actually got the youngsters playing in their teams, maybe in their cultures and their faiths but then they're getting to know one another, the trust and confidence is then growing and then they're having the opportunity to form a multicultural Luton team to then go and represent the town and have something of a bigger picture to go to Dulwich as Amran took them to uh, last summer and to be part of a Luton side, truly multicultural, really powerful and uh, and uh, you know impactive in that regard. So there's a number of small things that I think the project have brought together. And he's touched on the power of the World Cup and that actual that fantastic once in a generation opportunity we we had to to use the the, the power of the trophy and the connectivity. And it was Amran's work that that over the five days we got to those 23 locations, engaged with 3,000 people of all different cultures, faiths, and locations really and it was it was really a powerful journey for us all to see and be part of so you're taking uh, you know a, a trophy a world trophy won by an england national team with many different uh, nationalities represented uh, the uh, england captain with his famous irish accent the star bowler uh, from the caribbean um this opportunity it's a really good example of how sport diplomacy can operate at a very local level. So you have on, you know, six, eight weeks earlier, an international world competition, and then it arriving in a town like Luton and being available, being seen. The role modelling there is fascinating, isn't it, in terms of how you can instill and encourage uh, within a community at a people-to-people level. We were very fortunate to have it for that length of time. But we wanted to make best use of it. It was, it was challenging for us. It was really hard work keeping up to things, but it was really empowering what we saw and to see the smiles on not only the youngsters' faces but the grandparents as well. There was the picture in the Gudwara of four or five generations of just a female side of the family with the World Cup and some of them are now having some connectivity with the game and we've run community events uh, in the park just across from the Gudwara. So really powerful and really local and, and unfortunately now we, through working with yourself, Simon, we have the opportunity to, to think outside the bigger picture of of, of sport more broadly not only nationally but internationally and that's changed the way that we've started to think about the project as well really you just pick up there on the you know opportunities for women and girls in this as well you know sometimes we focus or you know the the media lens lands on male sport particularly but you know there's half the community out there women and girls how have you sought to address them so as part of the um, Wickets programme, which I, as I mentioned earlier, is funded by the Lord's Taverners, we've understood that, you know, there isn't enough representation for girls. And every year we do like a national festival where we get, you know, participants from the Wickets programme all come into one place. So we get people who've never left their hometown all come into a place to play cricket. And we do this every single year, and we have been doing it for the last few years for the boys. Last year was the first time we did it for the girls. So we had a girls' festival at Repton. So we've got now multiple ethnicities, 
different ages, all girls coming to play cricket together, different life, lifestyle um, coaching. We've done um, workshops and it was great to see them all come together. Now, if we talk about Luton, so from a national picture, you know, wickets are, are ahead of when it comes to trying to bring um, girls into the game. But from from Luton's perspective, we were able to engage um, Samina, who's Luton's first South Asian level two cricket coach. Because when I took role, one of the questions was asked to me, how will we engage the South Asian female community into cricket? Which is a fantastic question. And, and I say, I can do what I can do, but girls feel more comfortable playing amongst their own gender because of the levels and so on. So engaging Samina was great. Lord's Tavern supported and upskilling her. She's now a level two coach. From that, we now have, you know, a female-only girls hub. From that, we're now creating a girls team. Cricket East have supported in developing Luton's um, first w- women's team. So we're now in a position... So. And I'm sure Dave will tell you in a second that we're trying to create leagues for the girls. So it started a bit late, but we're working in the direction of trying to facilitate and represent girls and females into the game of cricket so they can work alongside the boys. Amran will know where I'm going with this. There's really a powerful story in the power of the Lord's Taverners Wickets programme in Luton. One uh, afternoon I was in Luton um, going to a club meeting and Amran's touched on the first Wickets Girls Festival. The minibus for that actually arrived at one of the town grounds one afternoon and Amran and Samina had taken their first group of girls to the session. All the parents were in the car park and we were anticipating they'd been away for a few nights really, really tired. On one of the the part of the outfield at the Luton Town and Indians ground, there was a wicket session about to take place run by two of the, the local coaches that we trained that had actually come through the programme. One of them is in the police cadets now as well, so uh, building on our links with the constabulary. As I say, we anticipated, um, they unloaded the bus and all the um, all the suitcases were there and we anticipated all the girls wanted to go home and they told their parents to take their case, go home, but they wanted to stay for the wicket sessions because they just love cricket and they joined this sort of group that was locally led as well and and, and Samina stayed on and was part of that as well. Um, And it just grew, didn't it? And this was at at one of the grounds. Linked to that is another cricket ground, Lower War Down in in Luton. And Amran and I walked down there and we saw the Afghan older lads playing against a local group of um, teenagers and out there was Amran's son and one of our other coaches, uh, Daniel Hader, I think, if I've got the name right, who's been on one of the videos today, who's been really shown the power of combat cricket initiative that we're working with in the town. So across the landscape, over half an hour, a real powerful message. I wish I'd had a video camera with me just to capture all of the different dynamics of really, for me, what brought the project to light. Really powerful in half an hour across two cricket grounds to see that then it's all linked to wickets well that speaks to be the power of people to people diplomacy within sport the fact that those connections come about through the love of the game participation the support networks you know the parents taking children the coaches the development of the coaches all of these are aspects of the sort of archipelago that go together you can take that from local level as you saw there in Luton all the way up to the international level and transnational level within you know the governance of sport within different stakeholders it's fascinating to see how that plays out. So looking to the you know broader picture then, is there anything that you would want to sort of take away or hopes or ambitions for the next maybe five years? 
the wickets program in, in the UK, it's growing. And what we're trying to do is, um, rather than just focus on numbers, but focus on the participants. So what we envisage and our aim and objectives are for the youth that are with us on the program, that we're able to give them pathways into careers through through partnering with corporate partners who can offer out the youth that participate in the program, apprenticeships, traineeships, some type of work experience, and uh, and give them life, you know, chances to develop in in their life so that's where we see it from, from a national perspective but the more we work in Luton and the challenges we faced and the things that we've been able to accomplish while we might be doing it nationally and I must add here in Luton Luton faces its own challenges as I mentioned earlier Hartlepool another wickets area faces a different type of challenge so the wickets development officer there has to deal with it differently create different workshops so up and down the country the wickets model and trying different things and um, the innovation you know innovative ideas used by the um, the development officers to create solutions to, to deal with the local issues we're now at a stage that certain strategies and methods have been deployed using sports diplomacy to now potentially look at taking it to a higher level so uh, i personally believe what we've achieved in um segregated divided town like Luton can be done nationally can be done globally in troubled areas and 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 so as far as I'm concerned this model I personally believe can be replicated and should be replicated and and I think a discussion should be had about using and benefiting from our successes for the betterment of societies globally. I think the development officer's role, the Lord Taverner's um, post that they fund in, in all of these areas is really powerful. I've, I've, I've seen Amran Amran has come to Peterborough to support the developing work there. Um, his colleague from Peterborough has come to Luton. They played against one another. You put the youngsters in the minibus and we had the World Cup in, in Peterborough last year, earlier last year. And you brought your side, didn't you? Several sides. And we took over a big hockey astroturf and we had two or three games running at one time. So there was that chance for the youngsters to start to share um, stories and relationships. Yes, there was the tour. But I also recall, Amran, you worked with your colleagues in um, two or three other areas and we went up to Edgbaston and you played a smaller tournament and and the youngsters had that chance with workshops linked to it again in the uh, indoor cricket school at um at edgbaston there that was like a just a like a localized day that you development officers arrange yourself so i think their role is absolutely crucial nationally and i think the sustainability of cricket and the game is a great opportunity to build on the work of these guys and girls nationally because they're hugely enthusiastic about what they what they want to do and prepare to think outside the box think really differently to use that sort of power of the game to grow and to tie in with other projects and other opportunities to make a difference locally whether we then get them through the system and then we're thinking about employment opportunities educational opportunities Amran will will pilot next year a BTEC opportunity in cricket in one of the more challenging areas of the town that uh, Luton that it's not as strong in and he may want to touch on and build on that a little bit so that's really something that's quite new that we're really keen to develop and, and that ties in with the football club as well doesn't it I that's think. right yeah so we, we we partner with many of the trusts which are, have multiple secondary schools that they manage and one of the trusts shared learning trusts are keen on creating a cricket academy uh, of excellence almost and they've already created it through in partnership with L- Luton Town Football Club so 
the best of the best footballers from 16 to 18 enroll onto a BTEC, which is equivalent to free A-levels. They get their qualification. They get a chance to play the highest level of football with people in the community and beyond. So they're continuously developing their, their game and then hopefully then go on to professional contracts and so on from the BTEC. So Shared Learning Trust contacted myself saying that, you know, we've got a large pool of cricketers. Could we do something similar? So discussions are early at the moment, but there are discussions to start a BTEC um, in sports and physical activity, which will focus around cricket, could uh, and should start in 2021, potentially. So this will now give our youth, who will come on a community-based programme, to now they can, if they stay with us, up to the age of 16 which is our objective we can then put them into an educational pathway and then my plan is and I, I said this to the director of shared learning trust when I met a few days ago I'd like to create a, an affiliation with the, the trust and Loughborough University now Loughborough University having the sports connections and so on and and ECB have a performance centre there so the England ECB trained there so we're, we're taking kids off the street putting them into the programme and they could have an educational pathway that could take them in, into university as well so maybe you dream. have to see about getting them to SOAS at some point also but that would be nice to yeah, think about yeah and uh, I think it's sports diplomacy and everything that it's done I think uh, me and Dave are probably two maybe students of yours Simon those networks it's just it's, it's what we do without realising it a few months ago now it's very much at the forefront of, of what we do and coming back to combat cricket as well with that BTEC I think that is really mm. an important product in, in, in within the ethos of Wickets and the Lord's Taverners to start to manage maybe issues of behaviour uh, controlling anger so we've got this environment in the gym with that cricket element that we can um, shape and adjust accordingly and, and maybe that could be something that a product that we develop for the women and girls as well in time so putting all these things together around that package, it's really an exciting thing educationally in, in one of the real tough areas of Luton, isn't it? Yeah. Really looking towards. Well, I think that speaks to the non-sport outcomes of sport diplomacy that we can point to being education, healthcare, nutrition. There's so many different ways to take this. Right, we'll come to a close there. Amran, thank you so much. Dave, pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much.